Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. It's Nick here, and welcome to Scale Up Your Business. Well, it's the last week of 2020. Actually, it's the last day of 2020 as this is being released. And I wanted to do something a little bit different because it's been a full-on year for most people. Some people have had amazing years, and a lot of people have had very, very challenging years So I thought, how am I going to finish off Scale Up Your Business for 2020? And I thought, why not put someone really special in the hot seat? And that person is me. Yes, I'm getting interviewed today. So why did I want to do that? Well, first and foremost, I think there's a lot of different things you can learn from other people's journeys. And I've shared a lot of my experiences over the years on these episodes, but This year has been challenging for me as much as it's been great for me. And I think sometimes just hearing those perspectives can help other people. And the other reason why is there's a fantastic lady called April Sprintz who offered to interview me and to go a little bit deeper. Now, for those who have listened to Scale Up Your Business for some time, you'll remember that I had a good conversation with my business partner, Rob Williams, about a year ago. And and that was good fun, if not a little bit intimidating at the time. But a year is a long time and lots has happened and I thought it'd be interesting again to have someone else probe a little bit into the psychology and the different things that I'm thinking and I want this to be an episode that helps you, not not so much just the reflection of 2020 but also what you should be thinking about and some of the opportunities that are going to present themselves in 2021. Now April is amazing, she has interviewed generals in the, in the US uh, forces in the military So she's very adept at interviewing and you'll find the conversation great because her questions are amazing. And she is a a very well-respected entrepreneur, author and speaker herself. And she is coming on Scale Up Your Business as a guest in the new year. So definitely watch out for that. So I hope you enjoy this. As I said, it's lifting up the veil of me a little bit more so you can understand me and and why I do what I do. Uh, When we were talking about titles for this, as much as it is a reflection on the year and thinking about kind of what's coming up, one of the things that April and I went backwards and forwards on was, you know, perhaps it's a real deep analysis of my why and why I do what I do, what's the things that motivate me and where does that come from? And as you'll see, some of the questions that she asks today definitely go, as I said, deeper than where we've been before. So I hope you get a lot out of it and I hope it, if anything, just inspires you that, We're all going through our own journeys. We've all had our own journeys and stories to deal with, but it's what you do around those things that makes the difference. And as we head into 2021, the best thing we can do is reflect on what we have experienced this last 12 months, but use that to drive us to make 2021 certainly one of our best years yet. So there we have it. Welcome to the show, me in the hot seat. I'm gonna hand over to April. I hope you enjoy the conversation and happy new year hi everyone nick bradley here welcome to scale up your business 
It is the last day of 2020. So as you're about to listen, this is going to be a bit of a different episode as well. You can probably tell I'm nervous. Like this is not how I start my episodes. I'm normally like, wow, here we go. But the reason I'm a little bit nervous today is that we're going to turn the tides yet again. We've only done this once before, and I'm going to be interviewed by our lovely guest today, and we're going to talk about all things 2020, the future 21, and anything else that she wants to go into. <laughs> How's that sound, April? So April Sprints is here. Thank you very much for coming on Scale Your Business and turning the tides on me. Oh, I'm so excited about this. You know, Rob Williams is a tough act to follow, but I am super excited and, and grateful that you're willing to open up anything and everything as being not off limits, Nick. I think that's amazing. And, you know, you're talking to the man, the myth, the legend. It's, it's fun. I've interviewed it a lot of folks and I am more excited about interviewing you than I was four-star generals or heads of state. This is going to be fun. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, just to kind of get everyone kind of a little bit prepared, because I'm going to hand this over to you and I'm going to just make sure that I can, you know, pass control away. <laughs> the, the scale up your business booth, if you like, is given to you, April. Um, April is coming on scale up your business as a guest. She's got an incredible story in her own right. So she's going to be coming on the, uh, on the show in the new year. So you can do a brief intro, April, but we are going to, you know, have you as the, the person in lights very soon as well. I don't think it's very important who I am, but I am <laughs> the founder of Driven Outcomes. I'm a business accelerator. And prior to that, had a, a long stint in the corporate world with some very successful startups and some more mature businesses in corporate. And that was all after being a military broadcaster, which is why I think I'm qualified to interview you, Nick. <laughs> yes, indeed. And and your story, the depth of your story is amazing as well. And it was one of my favorite episodes in 2020. So I'm looking forward to that coming out, as I said, in 21, when we get that show live. So let's, let's should we do it? Should we just, over to you, April. Do it. All right. So I know you want to talk about 2020 as a whole and 2021. Before we jump into that, I would love to, first of all, ask, you said on your, your first Being Interviewed podcast, you were uncomfortable. Nick, are you uncomfortable today? Do you know why? I'm not really. I'm mucking around. <laughs> I'm, you know why? I think because I've done, I've done a lot of interviews this year you know, in 2020 as well, I'm getting more comfortable with, with that side of things. And, and actually I, I, there isn't many things I haven't been asked. Now I know by saying that that's probably, okay, here we go. So as I said, I'm open for everything. Well, I promise I'll be kind. And the great thing is I think you have ultimate edit, right? So you, you'll be fine. Whatever message <laughs> you want, you're good. So, okay. You have so many different titles, right? Your coach, investor, mentor, entrepreneur, et cetera. What's your favorite one of those, that favorite hat that you wear and why? Yeah, the one that I gravitate towards is mentor. And, and it's funny, I, I, people ask me quite a bit about the coaching side of things and, and the investing side. And, you know, they're interesting labels and, and a lot of them are kind of tools, really. I think of coaching as a tool as much as I think of mentoring as a tool. But I, the thing I like about mentoring is I've, a lot of the things that I've achieved in my life have come off the back of, of someone guiding me. And if I go back all the way, you know, to when I was younger and I was getting better at sport as a kid in school, and then my first kind of, you know, years in business, I always had someone there and I can name them to this day who have just been transformational in their impact. So the fact that I can give back in that way as a mentor to people who are trying to grow and scale their businesses um, is an honor. I love that. 
So you talk about being a mentor and you shared a great story with me. I think there are a lot of times that we are mentoring folks and we don't know it. And I, you had a story about, I think it was basketball that you were coaching and not even knowing that you were making such an impact in someone's life. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, it was funny because when we were having that conversation, you, you sometimes forget stuff, don't you? And then these, these things just sort of appear back in your memory. So yeah, I, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go a little bit further back just to put some context to this. So a lot of listeners know that, you know, I grew up, I was pretty overweight, like massively overweight, like 50 kilos more than I weigh now overweight. And I went through my first sort of transformation, my identity shift when I lost that weight and I started to become pretty good at sport. And the sport that I played the most of growing up was basketball. And I, I went from, there was one year where I was in the third team. There were five teams in, in my school of basketball and they were all sort of graded up. So the first team was obviously the best players. And I went from the third team to the first team um, over the summer where I practiced every single day. And I just, I just transformed my, my whole thinking about things. And I proved that I could achieve something that no one ever had. And so I ended up being pretty good, started in the sort of starting five of the first team. And then I was asked to come back and coach. Oh. And yeah, and, and, and this is the interesting thing. So we talked about mentors, you know, in your first, first question, there was a gentleman called Steve Weber, who was the coach of the, of the first team, who was the one who saw in me, you know, even when I was in the third team, something. And when I came back and I proved that I just worked so hard over that summer, he was the one who kind of plucked me out and sort of said, listen, I'm going to give you a shot. And um, there's a longer part to the story where I ended up getting a thing called a colors tie, which is a, an honor. If you're in the starting five in basketball for any sport in my school, you got this special tie because it was a pretty posh school I went to. And, um, and I went from the thirds to getting that tie, the starting five of the, um, the basketball team in 12 months. And no one had ever done that. So he then invited me to do this, this coaching. And out of respect for him and the fact that I, I, I wanted to contribute back I started coaching the seconds basketball team. And I did that for about four years, actually. So even after I left school, I went back and I continued to do it. And there was one boy and maybe it was because I saw in him the same trajectory. He was in the thirds. He had some talent. Um, I spent extra time with him. Uh, he wasn't in my team, but I spent extra time with him. And he ended up going from the thirds to the first. So he kind of followed my trajectory and just just a massive transformation. I didn't really think anything of it. In fact, as I tell the story now, I kind of forget it. But at the final dinner, because there was a dinner at the end of the season, he wrote me a card. And he remembered, you know, a couple of years earlier where I'd sort of started working with him when he was in that thirds team. And the letter that he wrote to me in that card about how I had just given him and changed his life was was unbelievable. And it's just the first time I realized, I'm glad this is a family show because as we record this, <laughs> as we record this, there's a little bit of my, my noise production people will do some job. That's my six-year-old getting home very late at night here. <laughs> but yeah, so, but that letter, that letter was massive. And, um, and I, and, you know, I think to this day, that's probably what's inspired me to do what I do now. I love that. So when you think back about that, I want to go back to that tie. As, as weird as that may sound, that was such a big shift and a big change, especially at that age. What was that like? How did your life change at school? Because I'm assuming people react to that, right? Yeah. I mean, some people didn't like it um, <laughs> because funnily enough, to get that tie, I had to displace someone. 
who effectively had been in that first team for two years in a row and actually already got a tie for the for the for the year that he was in there beforehand and was going to get the tie again. And he kind of just expected it. And I remember like, you know, a few people were sort of saying, oh, Nick doesn't deserve that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was bizarre. And and this was the other thing that I found, which was interesting. I work really hard. I deserved it more than anyone did from the work ethic. I was right. still pretty good, but I wasn't like an all-star, <laughs> you know, I would just, I was, I was the guy who just got stuff done, you know, and, and the team, we had a really successful season as well. So I had that element of it. And then I had other people who were obviously inspired by it as mm-hmm. well. So love- yeah, it was strange. It was a strange time because I started to question myself a little bit, even though I'd put the work in. That's so, well, it's funny how that ties into entrepreneurs, right? Into what you teach now. Because I think that happens in people's businesses too, especially if you run into folks who have a super successful early business, and then they almost feel as if they have this imposter syndrome that they didn't work hard enough, they didn't grind hard enough, and someone will say, oh, you didn't deserve that. And I find that that says a lot more about the people who are saying it than it does the person that's getting that comment. Yeah, no, it's a really good point. It is. And, and I, I, I knew deep down I deserved it. And I'd already gone through, as I said, I was this overweight kid. I'd already gone through a pretty full on transformation to lose all that weight and to become an athlete, certainly someone who could compete at a a pretty high level. So I I knew that I had more capability and certainly more grit and resilience than a lot of people because I had to go through that first piece. And that was tough in its own right. But it still annoyed me more so than anything else. I didn't think that I wasn't deserving of it, but I just thought, you know what? people don't know what sometimes what people have to go through to get you know what you see you see on the outside what people would get they might have you know wealth or success or fame or whatever it is but they don't know how hard it is sometimes to achieve that no i think people underestimate that a lot so you talked about that it also inspired others which makes me want to know today who inspires you nick yeah wow um I, I'm going to start with the sappy bit. I, I get inspired by my kids every day, even the one that just screamed two minutes ago. <laughs> I was inspired by that. I wanted to move around. <laughs> she'll, normally, she'll normally come in. Um, she's actually on one of the podcasts I recorded recently. Um, so it's good fun. <laughs> but yeah, I'm inspired. I mean, I, I'm always inspired by them because I, I find that they, they ground me. So it's a slightly different level of inspiration. It's not the kind of rah-rah, you know, but I do think there's different levels. Sometimes it's the small things that catch you that can make the difference in how you see things. So, so I'm inspired by that because A, it drives my purpose and my why, you know, and, and it's the little things that I just like to catch in the moment that sometimes as we go through the pace of life, we forget. There's so much better at being present. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's, and, 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 and I, I, I'm very aware of the times when I am and I'm not present, mm-hmm. you know, um, and because I came from being a pretty selfish guy when I had my corporate career, you know, I was, I was trying to, it was all about me and I was trying to get the promotions and pay rises and everything else like that, which I achieved, but I wasn't doing it in the right way. Now I have a, a much more rounded view of things. So, so it, it always starts with them. It starts with my wife. It starts with how, how I am around them. That's, that's inspiring to me in lots of different ways and certainly why I do what I do. And then when I think about, you know, who inspires me in the world, you know, I get inspired more by events than I do individuals. So yeah, I get inspired by amazing sporting feats. 
you know, where, where things aren't necessarily supposed to happen <laughs> in the way that they do. So it's the, the underdog that, that wins, you know, the big fight, or it's the team that comes back from being so far down, they should never win. I, I get inspired by that because I often think of sport as, as a very raw and honest view of life. You know, if you think about a football team, any code, right? Your code or my code over here, you know, the captain is not always necessarily the best player, right? right? But it's the person who can lead the team and get the best out of the, the, the you know, the, the talent that's there. Um, you might have, um, you know, the in, in, in football over here, you've got strikers, the people who kind of score the goals. They're not necessarily the most important people on the team, but they have a role to play. And And I think a lot of the kind of qualities of things like teamwork and, and how you show up in life is, is very crystallized and very focused when you look at sport. So sport inspires me a lot. And I think if I talk about it in the world of business, for me, it's, it's businesses that are trying to make an impact more so than just create wealth. And the reason that I'm not as involved in the private equity side anymore is that I don't think it's that difficult to make money. Some people will you know, judge that or they'll disagree Right. It's much, much harder to do something which makes a bigger contribution to the world. And so I'm inspired by the people who are prepared to take on those challenges. I love that. So you, you touched on it a little bit when you, and this was interesting, when we spoke before, you mentioned, you know, I've been a selfish guy. I was, you know, in private equity, I was this. And candidly, I was shocked because it did not align with the, the you that I had met. So will you share a little bit about that story? What was the impetus for you to make that move to, again, being an entrepreneur and not just an entrepreneur, but with this, this big world impacting focus? Yeah, it came, it came back to... If I simplify the story, because now I see it so clearly, I I made a choice when I was in my early twenties. I was an entrepreneur first. If you if you by the by the sort of definition of that, in terms of I started a business and it was successful for a while, and then I sold it. So you know I went through that. It wasn't massive amounts of money or anything, but it was it was definitely a, a risky thing, and I did it and it was successful. And then I decided to go into this world of corporate, which, which we're talking about. And 15 years of that, it, it was an amazing experience. I learned so much. I met some great people, but I was really a frustrated entrepreneur all the way through that. And I understand that now. I didn't realize it at the time. And it came to a head when I just kept getting sacked. So I was, I mean, we're talking senior here. I was like marketing director of big companies. I was managing director and then eventually a CEO, all at a very young age. So certainly in my early thirties, the early to mid thirties. And then I just started getting sacked all the time. And I think you it was imagine it. <laughs> well, it wasn't because I it wasn't because I was arrogant about things. It was just that I was this frustrated entrepreneur. And I I didn't think I was living my true purpose. I didn't know this at the time. So it's easy for me to say it now, but I just didn't know it. And I just, there were little things that were showing up. So again, I was always trying to get the promotion. I was always trying to get to the next thing, the next peak. And realizing that once I got there, it wasn't enough. And then as the story goes, and I've sort of shared this a couple of times, but I'll, you haven't heard it. So, so here we go. My dad, walked, my dad walked out when I was two and he came back into my life when I was about 34. Okay. And he was a very successful entrepreneur. It's because I didn't know that. And everyone had said, you know, how unsuccessful he had been. But that was just, you know, the pain of, of that happening at that age and everyone doing the whole character assassination on him. But when he came back in, I realized 
from his success that actually now why I was feeling like I was feeling was because I had a lot of him in me. And I started to get more clarity around what I needed to do, but I was still frustrated and a lot of things were going on. And then he died really quickly. He got cancer and died within a couple of years of us reconnecting, just totally out of the blue. And that's when I sort of had my first sort of epiphany really, which is I need to change everything. And the story as it's been told is, you know, I had this incident with my teeth, cracked all the back of my teeth in my jaw one night, literally went to sleep. It was like I was punched in the face, literally it was full on. And, and that was a manifestation of a lot of things. I wasn't feeling well up to that point. I was stressed because of my father. I was stressed because of the situation of losing jobs and taking other jobs on and, and having to sell my soul a little bit in those situations. I was, I remember one particular six month period where I knew I had to quit. And, but at the same time I'd leverage myself with, you know, big houses, cars, school fees. Right. And, and I had to live in this extremely painful situation with all this other stuff going on and I couldn't quit. Well, I could have quit. Let's be clear. I could have absolutely quit, but I didn't, I wasn't brave enough at that point. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I was stuck. And people. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it is now. And I see it now, but it was the best that six months, it was actually probably a little bit longer, but that period of time was the best gift I could have had because it's, I I often think that sometimes from the bottom, wherever you are at the absolute rock bottom, you find things that, that, you know, change your perspective. And it's from that position that you can step out of it. Mm -hmm. And that's effectively what happened to me. And so I, I went through this period. I ended up losing that job, uh, went into a situation where I was working for another private equity firm. Then the, the teeth thing happens really quickly. And then straight after that, literally three weeks after the, um, my jaw, I, uh, I went to a Tony Robbins event in Chicago and I decided to quit everything. Isn't that So I know you talk a lot about mindset and I am huge on mindset. I think it is the most important thing. And something I would have told someone in your situation at that six month point, or even with the teeth is sometimes the things that happen that seem so terrible are still happening for us more than they are happening to us. And there was so much of that, right? All these indicators of Nick, you're meant for something else. And is it so interesting to look back at it now? It's clear now. And but, you know, there's a lot of things that, if, again, if I jump all the way back and, and, I, and I've kind of really got sort of quite forensic in the different stages of my life and I've kind of thought about the different lessons and gifts is when I left, when I started that business, that, that personal training business when I was at 18 and then I sold it, what I really did was I left my hometown and I went to Sydney from Adelaide. And the reason I did that was for a few reasons, but the main reason was I needed to change my environment. I needed to be around different people, not because mm-hmm. my family were bad, but just because I knew that if I stayed in that environment, I wasn't going to become who I wanted to become. But it was more of an intuitive feeling, April, than it was anything more groundbreaking. But the same feeling was, was how I felt also when you know, all that stuff was kind of going on. And I realized that the Tony Robbins thing really wasn't about Tony. It was about getting to a different room. It was about putting myself in a different environment because I knew that if I gave myself that different experience, it was going to, I was going to find something 
And that, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened. I love that. Would you share what happened? Yeah. So the, the funny part of the story is I'd read Tony Robbins stuff beforehand, but just thought it was, you know, baloney or whatever. And, you know, I, I kind of liked elements of it. I've always liked the idea of personal development or growth and learning, mm-hmm. but I didn't quite resonate with, with exactly some of the stuff. And I ended up, the reason I went there is because a friend of mine sort of said, that's what you should do. <laughs> and I was at that point in time, you know, after my teeth incident, I was open to anything. And, and I sort of thought, I'm just going to trust the process here. And I watched his, his documentary, which is called I Am Not Your Guru. And I watched that with my wife. And that was the night that I booked my, my flight to Chicago to go to the event. And, and I thought, why not? Let's just try something different. I needed to change it. So I got there and I spent four days, um, four days at his event called um, Unleash the Power Within. And the whole thing was just super exciting. That was the first emotion. It was like, oh my God, you know, I'm a massive basketball fan. And here I am in the United Center, as, as it's called the house that Jordan built, you know, right. and there's, you know, there's all this weird serendipity stuff going on. Like, you know, Jordan was my hero growing up and here I am and like all the, all the um, uh, league titles that he'd won are hanging up in the rafters, right? So there's all this weird stuff going on, right? It was really cool. And then Tony starts to do his thing. And the way he talks about stuff, it's a, it's a lecture, but it's, it's very captivating. And he speaks for hours. I mean, 12 hours sometimes. He doesn't leave the stage. You're kind of wondering what the hell's going on. But I started to learn about my patterns of thinking. And he does a few other things, which are quite interesting. They're sort of interventions. They're sort of meditations, guided meditations, mm-hmm. where he gets you to connect more with your heart waves as well as your brain waves. And there's some interesting studies around that when your brain waves and heart waves are in unison, it opens up a level of thinking, sort of congruency between your heart and your head, which is where you make the best decisions. And I remember in one of these things he was doing, this kind of thought or statement popped into my head, which was trust myself. And I kept repeating (laughs) in a weird way. And I was like, I've got to, I've, I've been talking about this for too long. I've been talking about like leaving this world of corporate and doing something. And I just didn't have the, the, the guts to do it. And now this was the message. So yeah. it was at the end on the Sunday, you know, the final day there by myself, I said, that's it. I'm, I'm quitting everything. And that's effectively what I did. I didn't necessarily come back and do it straight away. I'm, I was clear that I needed to not put my family in a, a terrible situation. I needed to make sure this was a strategic decision, but the hard part actually was making the decision and then building the foundations to allow me to do it. Cause that took a year. That's amazing though, but you were guided by that feeling. It sounds like, and knowing where it was going to. Yeah. And the other thing I learned and I've learned since over the last say three years, since that event is I, I have a huge amount of intuition, you know, I, I massively intuitive. I think it comes from, you know, when my dad left when I was two and, you know, I was in that sort of growing when I was growing up in that sort of few years, I had to, I had to sense things in a certain way just to kind of survive really. Mm -hmm. And that's a really interesting gift in its own right. But if I go into a board meeting now or I'm doing something in business or whatever else, I can, I can usually read the personalities in the room really clearly. And I'm very rarely wrong. And it's funny how that, that's just even intensified since I've done a bit more personal development around it. I love it. And it's a wonderful gift that I think many people who have it, they ignore it and they realize how intuitive they were in hindsight. Yeah, I knew I, this was 
like this. <laughs> well, I, I didn't recognize it, but I think I was repressing. I mean, I was repressing a lot of things through that sort of 15 years. Mm-hmm. And the reason I was doing so much, and I'm not sure if we touched on this when we, when we first spoke, but I did lots of ultra marathons. We started off with just running, then it was marathons and then it's ultra marathons. And that was a form of repression. It was a form of, I would put it almost as far as a form of addiction, a little mm-hmm. bit like being an alcoholic. I needed the fix of this extreme endurance challenge. And that was really me just hiding and masking other things that were going on at the time. That makes sense. And I'm sure huge dopamine release from completing something like that, right? Yeah. From yeah. getting like, a, and then getting addicted to that huge dopamine release would make you want to do the next one. There's a lot of studies on people who just keep going to the next mountain, just keep climbing, just keep doing this next thing. And they're so forward focused, but they're never happy in that moment. And I know you think about being present and being mindful. They're two totally different happiness chemicals in our brain. And how remarkable it is when you see someone's life go from being purely dopamine run to adding in a, a good amount of the other. And I, I see that as you're talking about the stories. And I think that's amazing as a gift that you have to share with folks that you're helping and mentoring. So that's amazing. Yeah, no, and I haven't even thought of it like that before, but you're right. And and I've always been more forward looking Um but, but, you know, to some extent to detriment, right? And I remember back, you know, the whole reason I was chasing up the ladder was because I wanted the next thing. The last few years have allowed me to, I mean, I'm still like that, <laughs> still, but I'm much right. more appreciative of the journey. And I don't think, I think people listening to this, one of the, I suppose, messages is you, you, you don't fundamentally change. You know, when you, when you grow and, you know, and you try different things and you, you don't fundamentally change who you are, you don't go from sort of being totally different. There's always parts of you that, that are there for good or for bad. They serve you in different ways. But, you know, my whole thing is about, you know, becoming the best version of me I can possibly be. And so it's taking all those elements and, and, you know, mixing them together and, and just, you know, working with intention of what comes out the end. Absolutely. So you obviously have a growth mindset and I've heard you speak about, and lots of folks talk about, you know, you're the product of, of the five people you spend the most time with, and you've gone through some fundamental change as a person for the better. What has that done? And I, I tie this back to entrepreneurs who have an underlying fear of great success and don't realize it, but what has that done to your circle? right? Because I find that a lot of times when people change and grow this way or have tremendous success in any area of their life, the people who surround them change. Yeah. It's, and I noticed this was, was one of the hard things coming out of my sort of development really, because it's, it's not so much, I mean, when I left Adelaide to go to Sydney and now I live in the UK, I kind of changed the environment that I was brought up in with my family. And as I said, nothing, they're not bad. They're great people. Right. And I learned a lot. It was a fantastic time, but I knew that I wasn't going to be able to achieve the things I wanted to achieve in that environment. So, so that was the first piece and, and that's caused its own issues. And I think any, anyone who's, who's left their family and decided to live in another country and particularly, you know, have a family in another country, you know, that's difficult really difficult for them because they don't see me very much. They don't see grandkids, all that sort of thing. But I had to do it for me. And then if I think about, you know, my close circle of friends, when I first started doing my podcast, they were like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) 
you know, what is this weirdness? And when I was saying I was quitting my job and I was going to do this, you know, they had all come like I had that there was security in employment. You know, why would you ever challenge that? Right. So where what's really cool, right, is I've got a very close group of mates that I've known all the way back from school and university days, and we're all still friends. We have differences of opinion at times, but what's been interesting, particularly this year, as as more more and more of us have had challenges around COVID, is that some of those guys have lost their jobs. A few of them have reached out to me and said, Nick, can you help me? <laughs> so I think there's more of an appreciation now. And then the third part of that is is that I have this thing where every quarter, and certainly when we used to be able to travel, it was much easier. I like to put myself in a different room. I've now made that part of my my identity, my philosophy. And I've made some amazing friends. I've made some amazing friends from the podcast, putting myself into those different rooms like this, then going to events. And even today, I connected with two or three people that I've met in the last couple of years just from going to events and literally sitting next to them randomly in a room. Right. You know, literally two calls today. And and that's amazing because you tend to then gravitate towards people who have similar values and standards to yourself. And I don't think that stops, but you've got to be open-minded to it. Absolutely. So we talked about talking about 2020 and, and what you've seen there. And I, I actually think growth goes into that because I've, I've seen two different schools of thought with folks. One is how do I use 2020 as a way to get something great, to do something great, to create, to help to something? You know, there were folks that were motivated that way. And then there were folks that were like, I'm going to go hide in my basement. Call me in 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there was that. Yeah, I remember. Girl, we've seen it all, haven't we? Yeah. Do you know, this is the, I kind of thought this was me anyway. And and I'll I'll say this to people because, I think they'll resonate, it will resonate with them is when, you know, the proverbial shit hit the fan, right? I, I massively lent into it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was, you know, to the opposite extreme of, of the hibernation piece you made beforehand, I, I, I did everything I possibly could to make sure that I was going to make the most of the opportunity. And by that, I mean, I took more risks. Uh, I tried to help more people. I put out many, many more podcasts. I've done 65 interviews or something crazy. Um, Did as much as I possibly could. And I realized that was about two things. Partly it was about, you know, my own view of of fear Mm -hmm. and realizing that the more I can do, the more action I can take, the better the outcome is going to be no matter what that outcome is. Because we don't know what the outcome was. You know, we all were saying, we're joking before we started recording that, you know, is COVID going to be two weeks, three months? Is it going to finish in the summer? (laughs) Still here. (laughs) Still here. But so I found that was an interesting learning about me and how I show up in that level of chaos. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I had a lot of clients who were like me as well. who did that. And that was cool. That was interesting. That was an interesting connection. And then I had many other people that I was trying to help and assist who, who just disappeared. And some of them were in my programs and just, just wow. totally disappeared for like weeks. And it's, it's a funny thing. If you look at 2020, and I don't want to um, say that, you know, everything is, is as positive as you put your, your mind on it because there's been death and there's been lots of other, you know, serious things that have happened. So we can't ignore that at all. However, I'm a big believer that, 
you know, the events that happen in life, you can't often control, you know, they happen to you any, but you can absolutely dictate the outcome based on your response to it. And, and that to me is something that we all, all need to learn in different ways because it's the only real way to deal with anything like this. I, I would absolutely agree. And I think too, that making that choice, Nick, changes your experience of it. So you take someone who has your mindset, who has your thought process and put them through 2020 in your exact situation, your exact, you know, your family, socioeconomic, et cetera. Then you take someone else who is identical to you, but chooses to think it is the worst thing ever. And you live two totally different experiences with only that one change. It's a different life. And I think once people realize that, I think at first people shy away from it because it's terrifying. Oh, I actually do have impact. I don't want to know this. It's too much responsibility. But the moment that somebody leans into that, that's when I see people's lives change in humongous ways. Yeah. And you see a lot of this with the work you do. As I said, we're going to get into that when you come on, on the show, but it's, but I fully agree with you this. And, 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 and what, again, my reflection on it is, you know, you, you can bring yourself into both positive and negative patterns. Oh, you know, and you can actually attract it. And I didn't really believe any of this stuff until I started to see it happening. Right. But, you know, if you expect things to be terrible, you see the worst in everything. And you also start to attract stuff, people, situations, events that Mm -hmm. then almost act like some sort of compounding effect. Yes. Have you noticed that? I mean, it's. I get so excited about this because there's. (laughs) scientific data that tells you the why. And then there is all the law of attraction data that tells you the why. And when I am working with leaders, a lot of times I'll just start by talking about coincidences. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, ha- you can't, you <laughs> yeah, well, you can't, you know, t- I mean, that's the same thing. Like, you know, I talk a lot about mindset with people that I mentor, but I don't talk about it openly. Cause you know, half the time, you know, if you start talking about the psychology of what, you know, what I do, early on it scares people off they need to understand it like that i like the people that are afraid to run away (laughs) yeah well exactly they kind of but this 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 is you know i've seen situations where you know this the person who just seems to always have bad luck Mm -hmm. and they've always had bad luck and i know i know a lot of people like that and then you see the opposite of that the people who just seem to attract amazing opportunities all the time and i've always been fascinated by that Mm -hmm. i studied psychology at university and and I was always, this is the sort of stuff they don't teach necessarily. There is some evidence to it, mm-hmm. but it's, it's basically patterned behavior and you just have to reprogram areas to be able to change that. So if you, if you are, you know, that's where you see people who've grown up in really bad situations, negative family situations, all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. That the only way they get out of that is by changing those thought patterns in their brain, first and foremost. And then that starts to present opportunity that they can then act on. Absolutely. Well, because you you tend to see people in those environments either repeat it or go the opposite. And they tend to do exactly what you're talking about with their brain. And then also what you said about changing environments. Those are the people that move away from where they were from, who go get other experiences. And it, it is so exciting to me. I don't want to get off topic because I know we want to hit 2021 as well. But <laughs> yes. I talk about this forever because nothing is this impactful. And well, if there's one thing that someone took away from this, although you've had a lot of gems and amazing things, I would love for them to realize that look at the things that changed in your life once you hit that place and the focus was your mindset. 
someone who was already arguably successful. Yeah. And that was the hard part, right? The hard part was from the external perspective, you know, I had everything that everyone would, would want. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't happy. Right. right. You know, achievement versus fulfillment and all those sort of things. And that was one of the things that I learned at that UPW event with Tony is the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the fulfillment side, the, the cup was empty. And partly was that was because I wasn't contributing enough outside of myself. And then because I wasn't comfortable and happy, I was attracting situations that I would otherwise not attract, want to attract. Mm-hmm. And so once I changed that and started to change my whole perspective on things, and, and since then, the opportunities, if anything, there's just too many of them. <laughs> so there's a, there's a new problem now. The new problem is, is focus. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not too bad at that. So, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's the mind shift that's happened to me over that period of time. And I think I, I mentioned this when we got together it, so it'll be on the upcoming podcast, but I, I have to say it again, you've got to write a book. You've got to get that message out because there are not enough folks who have been as successful as you were and then had the switch and then went even further. Or if there are, they haven't told the story because they could be out there, but they're not saying it. And I just think that there are so many individuals who are sitting right where you were in that job that you hated, but you had everything. So why could you be unhappy? And they're searching for something and they're searching for what you found. Yeah. The more, the more that I reflect on that and, you know, I said, I'm going to do this now. In the same way you're going to do a podcast yourself. Um, there we go. We've, we've committed live on air. No, but, but the, thing, the thing for me is, and this is, you know, being really honest about it, I, I just don't think my story is that extraordinary. It is. And I'm not the, the end-all be-all on this, but it's just like there are talents that you've got, Nick, that you think are normal because they, they're in the same voice as the voice that said, you really should run that a little faster. So it's when you say it to someone else and they're amazed by it and they're touched and they get chills. That's how you know it's extraordinary because yeah. you're not a good judge of what's extraordinary about you. No, no, one is. no. no. And, and I think that's the same. Yeah, exactly. And I've had a couple of really interesting things that have happened in the last few weeks, actually, which, which I'll share them because I haven't really shared them before. And I think they'll be interesting for people to hear this. So earlier in the year, I was in Florida looking to acquire some businesses. And I met a person there who was effectively brokering a couple of businesses. And I spent 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes with this person. Didn't think anything really of it. And I can't even remember what I said, but I said something because this individual sent me a note two weeks ago, an email with a whole long list of, of how his life has transformed this year. You know, lost 25 pounds, started a business that's, you know, getting close to sort of seven figures in billings, uh, a range of different things. And the, and the note was just say it was all because of that 15 minute conversation. But you're not extraordinary and you don't have anything extraordinary to say. I totally get it. Well, yeah, but I, I you know, I don't know. I, I, and I'm not, I'm not deliberately trying to be humble for the sake of it because it's trendy or anything. No, <laughs> I'm just, you sound genuinely confused that, that people think that what you did is that impactful. I don't know what and I said. I'd, li- I'd love to know what I said. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but I, 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 must have, I must have put words together in a way, you know, maybe I shared a bit of my story with him. So perhaps, you know, that does come back to what you were just saying about a book or whatever vehicle I choose to do that. But, 
yeah, it, 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 it did something. And then the same thing happened again this week. Same thing, you know, one conversation and a similar level of, you know, response, <laughs> let's call it that, that was, was very unexpected. So I need to, I need to understand this a bit more about myself, I think, and just understand exactly what it is that I'm, I'm communicating and how I'm doing that. Well, you know, the universe will keep telling you, right? These things are going to keep coming just like when you were at that company and things kept happening and kept happening and you saw it in hindsight. It's easier for me because I'm further removed. I'm like, well, that was two. Let's see what happens next week. <laughs> no, but it is interesting. It is interesting. These sort of, when you start to reflect on this stuff. And I think, and one of the things I'd love people to also take from this conversation is, you know, are you listening to this? Do you actually think about things potentially as deeply as what we're going into today? Cause, cause that's one of the other bits and pieces that I, I didn't do. I rushed everywhere mm-hmm. and never really gave myself any time to sort of slow down. And one of my coaches said, you know, the magic happens when you slow down. And, and that's the thing I've, I've noticed that as well. And it's something that I haven't done and didn't do beforehand. Certainly haven't done for the last 20 years until recently, the last couple of years. Absolutely agree. And never understood the value of it until I experienced it Yeah, completely. I thought, no, slowing down is when people beat you. Don't do that. Like you have to <laughs> yes. run back and everyone else. I think that's it. I think that's it. You know, I, I don't want anyone catching me, particularly because I'm trying to climb this mountain and, you know, get the next job or whatever the, whatever the goal is. Um, yeah. But it's, um, it, as I said, it was, it was giving me this, I, I like, I like to look at it as sort of a set of balancing scales, you know, the whole achievement fulfillment. My achievement thing was, you know, pretty much hitting the, hitting the ceiling, right. you know, in terms of, in terms of it working or it was overloaded, probably hitting the ground, but the fulfillment one was just not, not there. So. So what do you want to tell people about what you see for 2021? Yeah. So as, as I said, this is the last day of 2020. So, I mean, I just want to say a couple of things quickly about 2020. We've touched on it and then we can move into 2021. So the message that I, I, I give to people is as you look back, and this is a great time, you know, most people sort of set intentions and goals around this time. Look back and see what 2020 really was for you. Because I, I look at it now and I think the gift of it for me was just learning so much about myself and other people, you know, transformational really, because we, everything we expected it to be, it wasn't. And I think I can say that pretty much for most people. Right. <laughs> but the question I would put to people is how did you show up in 2020? You know, how did you show up? And, and don't draw straight onto the negative side of that because there's things that I did in 2020 that I don't think I'm particularly proud of. There were times when I had to pull myself out of things, you know, to, to be the person I know I am. I suppose the, the good thing is I can recognize that more easily now than I used to, but ask yourself that question because it's important. I think before we start to talk about 21, just to reflect on, on how you, how you grew last this last year. And, and then what does that mean in terms of what you want to achieve and what you want to move forward and accomplish as we go into 21? I love it. So 21, 21. I hope we travel again. <laughs> I hope the planes, awesome. are, you know, I'm not holding my breath. Um, I suppose the, fir- the first- I'm going to go on record, Nick. I think we're going to be traveling again. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking it will happen towards the end of the year. I don't think it's going to happen quickly. But um and I was traveling all the time. That's why I bring it up. And my wife's got a travel business. So, you know, all that. Um, but listen, I think, 
I think the thing about 21 is that you can't assume anything and you can't assume that there is going to be a date where things go back to whatever we want to call normality. So that's the first point. And what is normality anyway? Because let's be clear, whatever, whatever we, you know, as things start to subside a bit or things start to relax a bit, it's not going to be the same as it was. This is a systemic event. You know, um, people are going to get nervous going to rock concerts or sporting events in large crowds. Will we see learning ever go back to face-to-face in the way that it used to be now that, you know, virtual things, you know, the way we met was through Zoom April. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've done multiple business deals on this one platform this year, which I bought shares. Um, (laughs) So so I think, you know, the idea that anything, if if anyone's listening, expecting it's going to go back to how it was, I think, you know, my my first was not, right? If anything it's going to accelerate change that was already happening. So one of those things is like the world of work. The Mm -hmm. idea that you need to be employed to have an income, you know, I I think that's changing. I think the idea of of more people being self-employed and having to generate their own incomes off their own brands and their own capabilities is going to be a thing. I'm advising all of my clients to, um, to not necessarily hire people in the traditional way anymore you know, because you don't need to, there's so many good people out there who can, who can come in there and provide projects and skills and things like that. So I think that world of work is going to change. So people are going to have to think differently about how they adapt to that. And I think, you know, a lot of people are also sitting on the fence about whether they want to become more entrepreneurial. And, you know, there's many, many examples of great businesses that started through disruption and turmoil. And so I, the message I also want to say is like, if, if that's something that you have had on your radar for a, a certain amount of time, I think now is the time. Now is the time to really explore that. Not necessarily go and quit your job. You know, as I said, I didn't quit my job necessarily straight away. I, I built foundations, but, but the idea that, you know, becoming more reliant on your income, something that you can control, that's real financial independence. And I think that's something that people should be taking seriously as we start to transition into 21 as well. I love that. Those are great. And I think if I could add one thing to that, it would be that when you're reflecting on 2020, there are things that happened for you, things that got better about your life. No matter what someone's situation is, if you look hard enough, you can find those things. And I would encourage people as things go to this new normal, not to lose those benefits, not to throw those to the side because now we can travel or now we can go do those things. Like take those with you. What was the gift? What was the, I mean, there's obviously lots of gifts, but if you could sort of circle in on one thing, April for 2020, what's the the best gift you've got from this year? You know, it's a weird one. I learned to have better boundaries with people. And it's because what really kept me from getting into a funk with 2020 was helping as many people as possible. But at the same time, you can't do that to your own detriment. And it has always been difficult for me from my corporate and military days. I was always the person that, yeah, I can do it because I felt that my value was being able to outwork folks. So the more I did, the more valuable I was. And so this year I really learned that I will do as much as I can for as many people as I can. And then I will not feel guilty that there weren't other people because there is some onus on the folks that you do help that they, they pass that on and they, they pay it forward some somewhat to other folks. So I really had the idea of expanding my reach of, I want to help X amount of people, but some of the people I help are going to help someone else. And, and that counts. 
Yeah, I think that's a that's a really important point because I found that the more I help people, you know, those notes that I mentioned beforehand, it gives you it, it kind of affects your psychology in such a powerful way. Because, you know, as we've, we, we spoke about, I think that the whole thing around gratitude and fear, you know, when you're grateful for things, fear doesn't exist in the same plane as that. But more importantly, that gratitude comes, I think, sometimes also from helping others. It gives you that feeling. So I, I often say, you know, helping people without expectation. There is some expectation. The expectation may not be uh, something that's easy to explain. It may just be that it makes you feel better. But that allows you, if you like, to show up as a, the best version of yourself and to take action and to make things happen from that. So that and that's all good as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I love it. Okay, I think we give people homework. <laughs> okay, all right, let's 2021. do it. Okay, so I love the mantra that you have, be grateful, be brave, have faith, show up. I'd love to know how you got there, how you came to that. And I'd love people to make a mantra for themselves for 2021. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Okay. I, that's really cool. Cause I think that I say that every day, you know, that's written on my bathroom wall. My bathroom is a bit of a weird space actually, cause we've got a number of bathrooms in the house and the one that I use literally has white tiles and on every tile is various affirmations. I right? love it. It's kind of funny though, because um, when the cleaner comes around, she kind of thinks I'm mental. <laughs> <laughs> what is this and you know there was a couple of swear words on there so my wife went in there and kind of you know rubbed those ones out in case the girls got in there but um <laughs> be grateful be in fact you can still hear them they're still awake it's it's like as we record this it's nine o'clock at night they should be asleep yeah so <laughs> be grateful be brave have faith show up so i i created that at a it was at a tony robbins event as again I, I ended up going to date with destiny which is in my opinion, his best event. And, and it's in the neck of the woods. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's in West Palm Beach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it is like right next to your house, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and that's six full days. And the joke is it's six full days and nights. And because you literally finish at three in the morning. And, and it's a culmination of a lot of things, but you're building up effectively your set of values, what drives you. And as you start to explore those, those various values, you end up coming very clear on what your mission is. And the whole point is, once you get congruency across all of those different areas, the decisions that you make going forward are significantly clearer, but just so much more powerful. And so it's a, it's a, it's a huge event. I mean, if I thought UPW was great, Unleash the Power within, within Date with Destiny is just a, a whole other thing. But at the end of it, you have to effectively bring everything together on a, on a poster. That's actually on the wall behind me. And the, there's a piece where he kind of helps you to effectively ingrain that, that experience. And you have to have a mantra and it has to be quick and sharp, memorable, but you're trying to condense six days, right? <laughs> stuff so i'm struggling i had this like paragraph written and then it was a sentence and then it was a paragraph again and then it was like i don't know words and then literally on the last day i was in the shower in this hotel i was staying in and it just like like what i said when trust myself came into my head at upw be grateful be brave have faith show up just landed like i, love it. I can I, I can't explain it any clearer than that it just went boom and i went wow where did that come from? And, you know, I've, I've talked about it a little bit, but the, the, those pillars are for me, 
the things that remind me of how I need to be. You know, they are the things that are important for me to have a successful life, to have both achievement and fulfillment, to make a difference to others. And I wouldn't say that every day is perfect. You know, I still have days where I'm really on it and days where it's not quite as there as I'd like it to be. But those four things remind me of a commitment that I made of how I want to live my life and how I want to serve. I love it. I think that's a great thing for folks to go into 2021 with. Yeah. So the advice then is don't go, you don't have to go to date with destiny, (laughs) (laughs) but as you're, you know, so let's, let's say, you know, you're listening to this first couple of weeks of January, great time to sort of start to, you know, get a journal out and write these things. The starting, the starting point is what are the things that are really going to define the year for you? Uh, You could call them values, um, behaviors, Certainly standards, the things that you are, you know, no longer going to tolerate and the things that really energize you and the things that you feel passionate about. So if you can start to ask some questions of yourself around those areas and, and, and then you're effectively framing the year, not just the year, but certainly the starting point is 21. You're framing the year with, with effectively some very, very clear areas that are going to help you shape what you decide you want to do. And that's, that's how I use it. Every morning, go for a run. I say it when I'm running, um, read it off my walls. And it just reminds me of what I'm here to do and why. I love it. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for letting me do this interview. I think there is no better way to end this than for you to say it just one more time. Be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. And there you have it, another episode of Scale Up Your Business. Thank you very much for listening. And if you haven't yet, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help the show become even better. And while you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button to help you on your scale up journey. Now, perhaps you're thinking of growing and scaling your business. Perhaps now is the time. If that's you, then please check out suyb.global. That's where we have all of our programs, including the Growth Accelerator Partnership, the Maximize Value Partnership, all of our services, and of course, coaching and mentoring. Once again, be grateful, be brave, have faith, and show up. Until next time.